From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MVW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this Thursday morning edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Noah McCready, Clark Ford Studio here with you this morning. We'll also uh, welcome in Jeffrey Wright in a second to uh, to start the program. The program is brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. You know that you can uh, make your basketball game ticket a coupon at the Oxford Crystal right next door there on Highway 6. You do that. It's fifty off a uh, sack full or a steamer pack with the Oxford Crystal, the Oxford Exxon. You got ribs. You got lunch specials. It's $4.99 with two sides of bread, 32-ounce drinks, and more. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Uh, the rest is up to you. You get your quote, you can shop it around, you can do what I've done, and that's hop into a Clark Ford. You'll love the product. You'll love the service after the sale. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your car, uh, your truck guy. He'll prove that to you when you call the number 662-257-1900. Guest, join our uh, little uh, podcast on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters would be a great place this weekend to hang out before uh, Alabama and Ole Miss, maybe after the uh, baseball game. They'll have the game on the big screens, and then uh, they'll have basketball on as well on all the screens there at Rafters. And then on Sunday, brunch begins at 1045, featuring homemade biscuits and chicken and waffles, uh, live bluegrass music, $2 mimosas, $5 famous Bloody Marys, and then don't forget, it's coming up soon, the Fat Tuesday party on February the 25th. Celebrate New Orleans style with DJ Drum, Hurricanes, and Daiquiris. All of that at Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. And now we go to the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. And our buddy Jeffrey Wright of 92.9 FM in Memphis. Jeffrey, how are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are y'all? Uh, just just another day in rainy Oxford. Just, uh, just Are you living- doing better than little Mikey Bloomberg? Yeah, Mikey Bloomberg had a tough time last night. I actually watched a little of the debate. I didn't watch much of it. It's I find I find the debates somewhat fascinating because it, in the end, I don't think they matter because I think what matters is is the ads. The because I'm convinced that we live in a society that is generally full of stupid people. I tell my kids all the time: just be average. Average makes you uh, exceptional. If you're exceptional, you'll you'll be a genius. And the Bloomberg ads are everywhere. I mean, dude is spending and spending and spending. You cannot. This is Mississippi. I mean, I'm I'm going out on a limb here and telling you Donald Trump will win Mississippi. Bloomberg sp- Bloomberg spending money in Mississippi. See, I just don't know how it all works. I'll tell you where he's definitely spending money, like social, you know, YouTube and and social media, like on the internet. He's definitely spending money. Yeah, yeah there have been Bloomberg ads on our on our YouTube feed. That's what some of the heat like some some of the auction ads are, are Bloomberg ads. I'm trying to see. Does he have kids? Because if he has kids, I would be so pissed yeah. at him right now. 
You are spending my money, Mikey. <laughs> Knock it off. Yeah, because I, I don't think he can win. I'm always amazed by the people who run for an office knowing you can't win the office and spending the kind of money and time that is required to run for something like president. Right, and that was that's always kind of been my question with him. What is the motivation? I don't know. I guess it's to have your name out there again. I, I, I don't know. Is it to impact what the Democratic Party does? Is it just to be a thorn in, in Trump's side? I, I don't know. It's fascinating to me. But his, he's seven years old. It's not like you're, you know what I mean? This isn't like you're, you're trying to, okay, well, I'm positioning myself for 2024. You know, if you thought about this, Trump is what, 76? I think that's correct. So Bloomberg's 78. How old is Bernie Sanders? He's 79, I think. Is Bernie Sanders that old? Joe I Biden? Think. And Joe Biden's in his 70s, correct? Correct. How old uh, is no, it? Sorry, Trump is 73. He will be 74 in... Trump will be 74 in June. Okay. How old is Elizabeth Warren? This isn't even about politics anymore. I'm just fascinated by the yeah, age Bernie's of these 78 right now. Bernie's 78. But he would turn 79 prior to November. Okay. So he would be, uh, if he were elected, he would be 79 on, on inauguration. Because they were talking about, some, I was listening to something where they said, you know, should he win by some chance, his next election, he would be 83 by the time oh. the actual election would be. Holy. Yeah. That was the Wait, thing. are we... Are, are we allowed to ask Elizabeth Warren her age? She is 70 years old. So she's hey, just a young buck in this thing. a young pup in this thing. According to the data that we have. <laughs> uh, Michael she Bloomberg might. has two daughters, Mr. Wright. They're pissed. They should be yeah. angry right now. He is spending their oh, money. Buddy, Dad! Well, one of them is... Uh, where is it at? I've got it right here. One of them is married to um, Christopher Fasora, who is a son of a multi-millionaire businessman, Mark Fasora. So, yeah, that's not a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She grew There's up with Bs, not Ms. There, there are several significant zeros after that on a millionaire. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, whatever. Just you keep waiting. Where's the like the fifty year old dude running? I mean that, that you know. Yeah, whatever happened to like, the good old fifty six? You know, like uh, the kids are in college, but you that know, used to be the the the, the well, spot. There, how right? old was George W. Bush when he was elected? He was in his late forties, right? Obama was in his forties when he was elected. I want to say Bush was in his fifties. He's seventy three right now, so he's fifty three. So he's fifty three years old. Obama was in his forties. I'm almost Correct. positive. Now they both. Uh, no, he was, I can't remember if he was 44, or 42, but he he was he was in the he he's was 58 I think he was right now. Right he's 58 now, so that was 12 years ago when 46 he 46 ish. He was in his mid 40s. It's yeah. like coaching, man. Like you either go with the old retread or you go with like Buttigieg. Yeah, and Clinton, someone says, was 46 years old. So when he was when he was elected, so we've gone from. From three consecutive kind of middle-aged guys in their forties or early fifties in Bush's case to hey we're gonna go uh, we're gonna go elect a really old dude at this point or dude at at this point because we're down to like we're down to four people who have a chance to win right I mean it's it's Trump she can't win boy she was she was feisty last night. 
Well, they're she, at the they're at the what, point. What was it? What was her line? She had an unbelievable line to Buttigieg. Like, I'm sorry, Mayor Pete. We can't all be as perfect <laughs> we as you. Can't all be it as was, perfect as it you. Was, it was so stinky. Like you, yeah. you know, like when you see someone where they get ripped and their shoulders immediately shrug. Like that's the yeah. first time I ever seen Buttigieg. I was like, ooh, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> see, when, when they're at, we're at the point already where if you're way behind. It's it to, to make the football analogy. You just have to abandon the running game. It, it's it's time to air this thing out because one of you're either going to get back into it or you're going to run anymore. This is yeah. The, whatever the game plan was coming in, I mean, you know, you, you might put one running back on the field, but for the most part, you're you are spreading out. And you are throwing. Yeah, you're not kidding anybody. You're 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 throwing the you're throwing the ball on every play, trying to get back into it. it I don't know it. Ah, uh, isn't this great? Yeah, no, what, who are the four guys you think you'd win? So I think there's one. The people who have a chance, I mean, technically, Trump, I guess Sanders, uh, Warren. I don't know if it's Buttigieg at this point or if it's uh, if it's Biden. I really thought Biden would be more of a factor, and he's just not. I the Chase, I think you'll back me up. Remember that first debate when they had like 35 people, when they split the debate into two nights? Because they had that many people, and four years ago, I just remember. I just remember texting Chase in in a group chat that we're in. I was like, uh, "This is not going to go well for him." He looked senile, like he didn't understand questions. Like in the end, there is a celebrity element of this, and and a you know popularity contest, and it was just obvious. Being the elder statesman and and whatnot, like that, does not matter. No, I don't know. I, at some point, we'll, I'm, I'm going to get Austin Barber or, or some political people on just to sort of, because I'm just curious to see what they what they think. It's what's interesting to me. The most interesting thing to me about, and we'll get off politics here because we, we'll, otherwise we get killed more. Because well, we can talk politics. We can't talk professional sports, but we can talk it's politics. The theater of politics. One of the things that I find most fascinating about it is that the the unquestioned leader as of this moment of the Democratic Party remains Barack Obama and he continues to tell them guys you you've you've got to embrace something close to the middle to win and they just look at him and say uh uh-uh. uh well it's that weird it's that weird reality of they're campaigning to win the nomination right now and those that are going to vote in the primaries and the caucuses those are always the those are always the highly motivated members of your party, which typically are the extremes of both parties. And so, I'll tell I'll tell you what I thought was fascinating. I saw uh, there was a guy in California that is a statistician, and he did uh, this will turn it into journalism slash we can get it to sports. He did a uh, based on Twitter alone. In the reaction of Twitter alone, he did essentially like a survey of where where politicians or I'm sorry, it was like where journalists fall based upon politicians' political leanings. And the most fascinating to me thing, the most obvious thing is the journalism in general, the the model for a journalist is somewhere left of Bernie Sanders and right of uh, AOC. Wow. But the thing that was really striking to me 
left of Sanders? Yeah, I saw Correct. this too. Like on a 1 to 10, it was like 1.8 or 2.2 or something like that. Wow. Which no matter no matter what the average journalist tells you, like that is true in my experience. I should I should preface by saying in my experience. Oh, it's I mean, there are there are national people with national talent well, who have been who have not advanced as far as they should have advanced in their careers because of their But what I thought was really interesting about centrist about views. that about that graph was Barack Obama was right of the medium Senate Democrat. Not 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 super right, but he was right of it in terms of positioning. Hmm. On a one to ten, he's probably a four. How much different was he? Because like, I think Clinton's left center. Like how much how much real different was he? Like I think times change and whatnot. So some like policies change, but. In general, like the way that he governed, how much further to the left was he than Clinton? Uh, not a lot. He, ha- I mean, he understood in in much the same way that Clinton did, in much the same way that Bush did. If you go back and and look at three people that that over the course of their careers were the president for twenty four years, you you if you sprint one way or the other, you alienate so much. If you're actually trying to get things done, you 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 do have to operate somewhere in that four to six range. You can't get you can't get three or lower or seven or higher and, and get a lot done. Well, I mean, but in you know, general, I, I think, but I think if you looked at it today, where American politics are today, I think Bill Clinton would have a very difficult time getting elected. I think Barack Obama would have a very difficult time getting elected, and I think George W. Bush would have no chance at a at a, at a nomination. You can't run. You can't run as a practical, common sense person who leans right or leans left that that you you can't get you, you can't can't win the nomination i think i agree with you on clinton there's a lot of reasons clinton would have trouble getting elected today um i agree with you on bush and securing a nomination i still think obama has there are just certain like throughout the course of history we've seen in politics sometimes there's just the rock star type celebrity and yeah. i still think obama fits into that category he probably does i i just wonder if senator barack obama today running as yes in the middle could he could he get a nomination i just don't know last thing on this and i I think i agree with you but voters showed in 16 that polls are wrong that a lot of national pundits are wrong and different things why couldn't the centrists get elected they actually get the votes they just don't necessarily get the pub and some of the stuff they can get elected they can't win their party's nomination that's what i'm talking about though you still don't think the average party person is somewhat to the right i don't know they're choosing between negative evil or the best evil right now more than actually a candidate they would get behind well i'm just watching the democrats i don't know what the republicans will do i guess we'll find out in four years you watch the democrats right now and they're not they're not operating by what seems to make common sense yeah yeah, yeah. they're 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 running they're running a guy in sanders i don't want to get overly political here but i you you know that trump's going to run no matter who it is trump's going to run a vicious personal nasty campaign because he's proven this isn't a this isn't a criticism either he's proven that he does not have a standard there is not a a line in the sand that he won't cross he'll cross any line and so you know he's going to attack bernie sanders on his health the man's had heart attacks and he's going to call him a socialist and then he's going to say hey here's a socialist who owns three homes and only five flies first class and blah blah blah. They're going to kill hey, him. Well, 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. That, that's insulting to people that fly first class. He only flies private. Yeah, but you understand what I'm saying. When he when in in the past, when he has flown commercial, because you see all these pictures of him, he only yes. flies first class, and that's fine. I mean, if you have millions and millions and millions of dollars, why the hell not? I mean, you know, you should you're not going to sit back in the middle seat for God's sake. But my point is, is he he runs as the socialist who wants to do all these intricate tax things, and he wants to talk about punishing the rich. He's very rich. He hasn't. Well, Bernie Sanders that, can't win a national election, and yet they're go, they're going to push him through. Well, I don't, to me, it's 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 even more so. Like, I think what we're seeing with the Democrats is the same thing that we saw in 2016 with the Republicans, in that the party strength, the the party no longer has the ability to sit there and say, "This is our guy," or "This is our gal," or. Here are the two or three. It is now that's why we keep seeing these wide open fields yeah. because the party no longer can kind of say like, okay, this is what we're doing. Yeah. You know, it's this person's turn, and we're just gonna, you know, this is what the party stance is. And so because of that, you get these wide open fields, and with it being so with the fields being so wide open, it takes forever to narrow it down, and you wind up with just uninspiring characters. Yeah. Switching up a little bit, Jeffrey, what's uh, what's your first take on this new uh, part of the collective bargaining agreement with the NFL? Adam Schefter yesterday reporting that uh, should this go into effect as early as next season, there will be seven playoff teams from each uh, conference, not six. They're adding a game to the regular season, also taking a game away from the preseason, and uh, you would have three games in each conference on wild card weekend. So the one – the one interesting aspect is the 17th game because the players, the leaders of the players union, according to reports now believe that they can get that done, but there are reports out there that there are other members, high ranking members of the players union that that is like a non-starter. So I think that's, what's going to be fascinating. I think based on conversations that I've had, based on things that I've read, I think this is, I don't think this is a leverage tool by the owners to try and get some type of deal in the CBA. I think this is entirely based upon the television networks. So the the NFL's main TV packages, the Fox TV package that has the NFC and the CBS TV package that has the AFC, those expire in 2022. Okay. ESPN's Monday night package expires in 2021. I I think most people that understand a negotiation, even though you have a deal in place, if you've got one that's expiring, you've you've begun the you've begun the negotiation process. So the NFL has put out the price that they want for the AFC and NFC packages, and it is extremely high. And the television networks, I don't really think this is a negotiation thing because I think the TV networks understand at the end of the day, they know the score they need the NFL like you you look at you look at the biggest TV you know the biggest TV ratings of the year it's you know of the 50 something like 48 are NFL games so they know the score with that being said you do have to be able to pay and so essentially what they have told the NFL is listen if we're gonna meet this price that you want we we can't do it like it, financially it doesn't make sense we, we, we would be operating in the red. And the NFL 
has basically said, okay, well, is there a way that you could, that this could make sense for you because this is the price. So essentially, well, the NFL, the, the networks are like, well, yeah, if you give us two more weeks of games, and that was where the 18-game schedule became a thing. And the 18-game schedule was never really going to get passed from the players' union side. And so then they start kind of working on the compromise. And the one thing that, that everyone could agree on was, okay, we add the seventh playoff team. That gives, the, that gives whoever gets the package, the, the AFC and NFC package, that gives them an extra playoff game that they can sell. Okay, that works. So now the hang-up is do they get that extra week of games for the 17th game? And I guess if you're making me predict today, I'll say that it gets done. But I'm not confident on that because I think the player's asking price for a 17th game is going to be 50% of the revenue, so a 50-50 split. And right now, the owners, I believe, are splitting 47-53. Yeah, it's 47-53 right now, and the owners are willing to go to 48-and-a-half. And And the players want want 50, and the owners are like, "Uh uh-uh. Are they adding a bye week as well? Or no, an extra bye week, or no? I don't think so. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. I did not see any report about an additional buy game. Okay, All I saw was they, they cut the preseason down to three games, which that's fine by me. I, honestly, you get the preseason down to two games. I'm, I'm good. Well, I kind of think uh, that's where this is headed. I think the players are, are going to say, okay, well, if we don't get 50, we want the preseason cut down to, to just two games because the veteran players are terrified of the preseason because they get hurt in the preseason and they don't get paid. Correct. And then I guess there I guess there are some people though that in the union I don't know how it would work out, but I guess there's gotta be some people in the union that want the preseason because that's they, how they think they make teams. Sure. Well they've done this forever. You know, as this as the calendar becomes more and more year round, they're saying basically we don't we don't need it. And the some in the union say, Well but that's yeah, like you said, that's where guys make mm-hmm. that's where guys make teams. I don't know. It, it's going to be decided by the, the – I think in the end, they're headed towards 48 and a 49%, a 17th game, an extra playoff team, which provides – now it's just one team gets a bye, and you have essentially three wild card games in both leagues, AFC, NFC. Networks make Here's money. Here's what's fascinating, though. The last two Super Bowl champions – the Patriots and the Chiefs, they were both the two seed. They would have had to have played wild card weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the two buys. I do, I do have a little bit of a problem with only the one buy. Um, but, I mean, you know what? Rams and that. Steelers like, would have been your extra playoff teams last year. Correct. One of those teams One of those teams could have actually probably done something, and the, it, it wasn't the Steelers. The networks make real money off playoff games. I mean, they – they oh, make, for sure. They make real money off playoff games. The network is is the TV people are all in on this because they say, so let me get this straight. We're gonna lose two preseason games that only the diehards watch. Well, no, no, let, no. Let me let me go one further. The preseason games are sold by the teams locally. Right. So So the networks they, the networks have a, a net gain of two. Right. So they're getting a free week. 
they're getting a free week of NFL games that they didn't get the money for. They're getting the free week if they get the extra week. And then, as you point out, then they get to sell an extra playoff game, which is where they start doing backstrokes in cash. And as the league wants to put more and more games in London, and they want to put a game in Mexico City, and they want to put a game here and a game there, you now can move one of those games and still offer eight regular season home games to, to ownership. You're not, you're not taking a home game away from a team. Now, that might just be another opportunity for Khan to maybe get a third London game. Oh, I, th- I think they want to put multiple games in London. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, right now, the ja- I think the Jags have two. They have two London games this year. I want to say they're both home games. Like, I think there's only six games in Jacksonville right now. It's, really? where, I, it's where I don't understand why. It's, and it, it's a common sense thing. Why the league can't look at Jacksonville and say this doesn't work. Why, why they continue to f- try to force that. Just say it doesn't work. Move them. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the question is, the question is, okay, there's a, like, logistically, name another city that's going to, because you know the first thing's going to be who's giving them a new stadium. And also, I'm not up to date on Jag's legal, legalism. I would... It, just knowing kind of how these kind of contracts work, I would bet when Jacksonville renovate. Remember they did like another big renovation. I don't know four, three or four years ago. I bet when they did that renovation that there was there was some type of language about extending how long. Like this, because this is what the Grizzlies have done. Like the, the Grizzlies, when they got more money from the city, they had to sign an extension on how long they have to be there before they could even relocate. And I would think the Jaguars had a similar a similar deal when they got, you know, when they got their stadium redone for you know, the second time. Yeah, what is the next city that makes sense for the NFL domestically? Oh, there's nothing necessarily just hanging out there off the top of my mind. I have an opinion. It'll never happen, but it's more of a common sense thing. I'd put an NFL team in Birmingham. Given the TV just, the TV ratings that, that that the NFL gets there all the time. I just really, really wonder. You know, it's I don't know, like I think part of Jacksonville's problem is it's it's college football territory, man. It is. Like, it's it Nashville Nashville is Nashville is similar to Birmingham in that it is the unquestioned best city in the state, the richest city in the state. They're able to they're able to make things happen in that city and the Titans have struggled. I mean they they had a good attendance here this year because they were good. But you know what I mean? Like I I I struggle to think that if it's not a slam dunk in Nashville, I feel like it would be even more difficult in Birmingham, where Birmingham is even more of a diehard college town. It's not a slam. College. I mean, I'm not I'm not arguing with you. I'm just kind of playing along. I agree. It's not a slam dunk in a lot of places. It's not a slam dunk in Los Angeles. Well, it's not. I mean, the Chargers are the Chargers have been a disaster. Like that 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 has been. I just hate to see bad things happen to good people. You know, Dean Spanos and their family. Just it's it's tragic that they're losing money when they thought they were going to become uh, even richer. 
I think that. I, I think the Raiders are going to do really well in Las Vegas. I think that's a market that that will will handle it really well. I'll Agreed. be I'll be surprised if it doesn't work there. People talk about Portland. I don't think it's going to work well in Portland. Uh, I think it could work in Portland because Portland, it, the Pacific Northwest, like for instance, look at these XFL numbers that we're seeing. The team that does the best, even from a local TV market, is Seattle. And Portland has that same, like we go to, we're, like Portland is the, they jump up and down and tell you how great of sports fans they are. Like they, but I still think like, I'm going to bet the Seahawks don't want them in Portland. No, the Seahawks would not want them in, in much the same way that the Falcons and the Titans would scream bloody murder about a team in, in Birmingham. Yes, and I would imagine the Panthers wouldn't be thrilled either. No, they wouldn't be excited. Uh, I'm trying to think what works. I mean, like, I mean, really, there's just not – Unless you're trying to throw another team in Texas. I mean, San Antonio. Not, yeah. um, I mean, remember in San Antonio had the chance, like their their answer was their answer was to try to redo the Alamo Dome. Like that that's I mean, I guess right now the biggest city, right, is Port or I mean not Portland. The biggest city without a team would be Salt Lake City, correct? Somebody actually just put that in the live stream. Salt Lake is kind of intriguing in a odd in an odd way. Yeah. It's an attractive destination for NFL players. Yeah. Would it be able to sign free agents? If they pay. Yeah, NFL's not as beholden on that as NBA is. They'll go wherever if it's competitive it's and there's money. Out too. And there's only so few players in the NBA, or so few players in the NFL that are going to get, like, huge endorsement money. Yeah. Like, it's just not, I just, I don't know, like, I agree with you. I don't think it's a destination, but Green Bay is not a free agent destination, and that hasn't stopped them from being competitive. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, St. I Louis, you could put a team back in St. Louis, but it, it hasn't worked. There's, yeah, there's no sign that works. Well, and the other thing, so, I mean, that was, supposedly that was one of the offers was to move the Chargers to St. Louis when it was obvious that it wasn't working, but you know, St. Louis is still going to have to build that riverfront stadium, and that's another billion dollars. San Diego's out there. I don't know. I just, you know, I, I think... San Diego's what, same thing. San Diego's not going to build the freaking stadium. I think what the league wants to do very clearly is to put a franchise in Mexico City or London. I think that's obvious. They they are, and I think they they will force that if, if it comes to it. They are just bound and determined to do it. I'll be fascinated to see how the how an NFL franchise actually did in London as the London whatevers. Well, I'm just more curious how it logistically works because basically at that point you'd have to do a block schedule where you know, they're going to play four game four straight home games, then they're going to go and regionally play four straight road games like Basically, what you do is, like, I think they'd have to change the way they do the schedule. They would play four straight home games. Then they go and would play, you know, whatever the crossover division is, the, you know, the AFC North. And so then you kind of base and camp somewhere in America oh, for God. a month. And then you play those four teams. But And then, you like, your last four games of the regular season are all on the road? Yeah. I, I, I mean. I don't think it works. 
And I think the Players Association will fight it. Because at some point, if you block, it's not regional anymore. Because if you're the two seed in whatever division you're putting those people in. A money issue that does matter. uh, In the NFL, you are taxed based on where the game was played. So where you earned your money that day. That means you're going to have eight games played in England taxed at the English tax rate. Yeah. And that is where money comes into play. It's the same issue that Toronto's had in baseball. You, th- you would think it would be the NFL's version of Brexit. There's going to be some guys that get pissed off. Oh yeah, they just go no. I mean, no, they're going to say, that, and that's what they're going to say is is not going to do it. And I just wonder, like I know, I know the London games do well, but they're kind of a novelty over there. You know what I mean? Like, what happens when you have ten straight years because you can't field a good team? What happens when you have 10 straight years of losing? Does London give a crap? It's And it's never going to be as big as the English Premier League is there. It's just not. No. That's their sport, and they support it. And you've got all those teams right there in London with Man City and Man U and Tottenham and Chelsea. and I mean, just on and on and on. You're, you're, those people's, hey, the, the Premier League's still the third richest league in the world. Yeah, well, they, they get packed houses. I mean, you have, to, you have to buy tickets well in advance and that kind of thing. I just don't think people are going to spend their – their their expendable income, whatever that word is, on uh, on the NFL, and and give up disposable. Give, yeah, disposable. They're not gonna give that up for for NFL when when they've got to spend it to keep their EPL seat. So last couple of minutes, Jeffrey, how many teams can actually win the NCAA basketball tournament? Who do you like at all? Because there's nobody that's very good. All right, Neil, help me out here. I. I think we agree Baylor is probably the best, most consistent team, but I think in the back of our minds we're really like, can Scott Drew win a national championship? Is that a fair statement? That's fair. They're good enough to win a title. They are they're elite defensively. Now, if you want to go on historical trends, historical trends suggest you basically have to be a top 15 adjusted efficient offense, according to Ken Palm, and a top 15 adjusted uh efficient defense so the teams that apply there are kansas san diego state Mm -hmm. duke and guys um i think we need to pray for coach k i don't know if you saw last night but 22 uh, point loss to nc state listen i'm just worried about his health Uh, i'm worried about i am i am celebrating though i don't know if you got to see he he did have the opportunity uh, in front of the cameras to congratulate a young man on how well he played. And, you know, he's just always coaching. It, even if it's not his kid, he's always coaching. What what just an outstanding thrill. An American for, hero. Yeah, just what a, what a thrill for that young man. And those are the four teams that would qualify. Now, the reason why this year I think is weird is because because it's such a crowded such a crowded field you are going to see some weird things I think in the tournament so I don't know if necessarily you have to if you're going to have to fit the profile to to be the national champion but based on those numbers you know Baylor's got the 23rd offense so that, that you know what I mean like Gonzaga is the number one offense but the number 36 defense and that's always kind of been their Achilles heel Team like Dayton's second offensively, but 52nd defensively. West Virginia's number one offensively, but 68th. I'm sorry, number one defensively, but number 68th offensively. So you start kind of 
you start getting into this weird territory. So where's Louisville in all that? Louisville is 12th on adjusted offense and 35th on adjusted uh, defense. I'll tell you this about Louisville, Lauren. I, we took we dropped Carson off at uh, at confirmation class last night, mm-hmm. and we're like, you know, we're here on the square. There's really no reason to go home, and so we went and had a couple of beers. And uh, because we're responsible parents, and we were we were watching. Oh, well, I was watching. God, I, was, you took your kid to church while y'all y'all went and had beer. Yeah, yeah. God, that's good parenting. I felt love at the time. It felt like. By the way, thank you, thank you for your mentorship. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I mean? like as I get into God. this new chapter of my life, I've started to <laughs> to worry about you know what type of father will I be? Yeah. If you tell me I can drop my kid off at church and I can go drink beer. I think I'm going to be okay. Carson got back in the truck and goes, how was your beer? I said, it was good. Thanks. As I was listening to a bachelor podcast, um, oh. <laughs> I'm such a dad. Uh, anyway, Louisville's floor at the Yum Center. Forget all the stuff about Louisville and whether you love them or hate them or whatever. Their floor with the dunking massive Cardinal is fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it really, really does bring the noise. I it, mean, it, it's intimidating. It legitimately is awesome. I mean, seriously, every every school around the country should look at that and go, okay, we, we've got to step up our game. It's it's my biggest argument when the when the Grizzlies do the throwback court and you see the the old school, they have that big, ferocious grizzly bear, and it's it basically goes from three point line to three point line. I'm like, that's a logo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're gonna do it, do it. That that dunking cardinal is it's great. It's all over the floor. You can't miss it on television. Nice. And it's it's awesome. I mean, because I I went for that was a game. It was Louisville and Syracuse, a game that I normally would never watch because I hate both teams. I went from not wanting to watch it to being kind of glued in. Like, oh yeah, how about that? Just because of the I floor. Say, don't you think Chris Mack makes Louisville a little more likable now? He does. I like him. He does make them more more lovable down the road. They've got to distance themselves more and more from the scum that they were. Slick Rick. Yeah. And Bayheim, man. I mean. To me, Bayheim is Coach K light, and it's just oh, yeah, no, very, very self righteous, preachy. Um, uh, do as I do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I will say this: you do got to respect a man that the NCA basically told Syracuse to fire, and he, and he just said, "I'm not leaving." And one, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who uh, who you got this afternoon, Jeff? Uh, let's see. This afternoon on the program, we will have Jonathan Sharks. We're going to, of course, discuss uh, the NBA with him. Also, Jason Smith, who does the Jason and John show, will get into, uh, tell you what, just a heroic win for the Tigers last night <laughs> over 212th ranked, uh, according to Ken Palm, ECU. <laughs> Big home win. Uh, thanks, Bob. Have a glorious day. All right, guys. All right. That was Jeffrey Wright there with you. We'll continue the show uh, in one second. I'll tell you about G&M Pharmacy and Tyson Drugs. G&M right there on South Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. 662-236-2222 is the phone number. $0 copay on the uh, flu vaccine available. You don't have to wait in line or anything. It gets you out as quickly and painlessly as possible. They also deliver locally to your home or workplace in the Oxford area. They offer MedSync for your prescriptions the same day every single month, and they have right-way meds to uh, individually package the medication when you need it. So, so many different options there with G&M. Again, you can give them a call at 662-236-2222.
Our friends at Blue Delta Jeans are excited to announce that they have begun accepting pre-orders for the return of Duck Canvas. Longtime Blue Delta Jeans clients will remember this durable, long-lasting fabric. It's back in stock by popular demand in canyon brown, green, gray, and navy. At Ten and a half ounces, this Georgia milled fabric will provide you with the ultimate American-made pant that is nearly unbreakable. For more information or to place your orders today, go to BlueDeltaJeans.com or reach out to Blue Delta Jeans on social media at Blue Delta Jeans. Uh, we are also brought to you by Dead Soxy. If you're looking to give your employees or clients something beyond the typical koozie, if you need marketing, awesome marketing swag for your client or potential customer, Dead Soxy has you covered with custom socks. What better way to personalize your company swag than to create a product people will use time and time again? Visit deadsoxy.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, click on the custom socks button, and let them hold your hand through the entire process. Don't worry about not having design skills. Just share your vision with the design team, and they will get to work putting your vision into action. Dead Soxy will create a complimentary digital mock-up of your design before any orders are placed. It's time to get customized. Go custom with your friends at Dead Soxy. Also brought to you by Southern Craft Stove and Tap. They've got your pregame and pre-concert needs covered, so whether you're headed to Oxford for basketball or baseball or you're headed to Tupelo for one of the many events at Bank Corp South Arena, make sure you get your event started off right with a visit to Southern Craft, conveniently located off Highway 7 and Sisk Avenue in Oxford and at 205 East Troy Street in Tupelo. Southern Craft has all your Southern favorites ready to serve your hunger needs. Drop in and enjoy a curated cocktail or one of their many craft beers on tap. And don't forget about their catering from private events to catering in for your staff at work. Southern Craft has your catering needs covered with a meal everyone is sure to love. So make your day crafty at Southern Craft Stove and Tap. Podcast is brought to you by Visit Oxford. Visit OxfordMS.com is the uh, is the website. Go to the events page, see what's going on locally in town. You can also stop by their uh, their location there on Jackson Avenue. In Oxford, they have welcome bags. So I'd like to just tell you about some options maybe you do not know about, including food tours. You got the uh, the film festival coming soon, and much more. So again, check out the website, book market, see what's going on every single day. Let's visit OxfordMS.com. So uh, let's see what do we have uh, mentioned in the opening. Ole Miss beat Alcorn nine to eight in a thrilling game that lasted ten innings last night. <laughs> um, <laughs> I heard about this last night. I mean, look. It was a win. Oh, here we go. No, 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 no. It was a win. Much better than a loss. Uh, you know, winning is better than, you know, losing is new crash would say. Yep. Um because Alcorn State last year was two hundred and ninety fifth in their RPI. Um, that's not positive. Um there are two hundred and ninety nine teams, by the way. Just heads up on that. Uh Ole Miss did not play well. Alcorn played really well. They played really above their head, but I mean, come on. Yeah, sure. Uh Ole Miss, though, Alcord committed four errors, walked 10, and hit a dude and got that thing into the 10th inning. If I tell you how Ole Miss played last night. 10 errors. No, four errors, four walked errors, 10, and hit 10 a dude. and hit a guy. So, in a, in, a, in, a, in a fuzzy math way, 15 extra somethings. And that thing got into the 10th inning. Okay, so I'm not – I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because no, it's, no, no, it's no. not worth it and, and it's February and it, – 
you won the game. Move on. It's you can laugh about it now. The committee at the end of the day will never not go, think hey, that about was it. nine to eight. Can you believe They'll that? They'll just CW. Yeah, whatever. The concern has to be the starting pitcher. Yeah, Greer Holston is the story of the day. If you want to pick something, um, I thought that I mean it's it's a message board topic. Sorry, I haven't mentioned it here. I thought Mike got a little carried away. He did a lefty righty switch in the third inning last night, taking Hayden Leatherwood out of the game, and like whatever he does that all the time. Whatever, but Alcorn State was never going to throw some dude for six innings last night. It was going to be this night of changes and yeah, all sure. sort of stuff. They went to their they went to their Friday night guy in like the sixth, and if you're Alcorn State. You have no chance in hell of an at-large bid. So, yeah, do that. Go try to get a win against an SEC program sure. and give a memory. Because of course. your regular season means nothing. No. You play a conference tournament later to try to make the NCAA yes. tournament. That's it. No, you did the right yeah. thing. We have a chance here. Let's see if we can do it. Yeah. Because if we do, it's something we'll talk about for 20 years. Yeah, let's get a memory. That's yeah. all we're doing. Sure. And he did all right, and it was what it was. I mean – Look, they had bases loaded there in the ninth when they were looking around going, hey, this, this thing's about to get a little <laughs> interesting. Um, Cold. Oh, you Damp. Yeah, miserable. Miserable, miserable. Midweek. Miserable. People say, I, I read on the message board, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm really not. I'm, I'm not. People go, they, they didn't show the same grit and swag and stuff. Guys, you go from playing Louisville, what was it, 9,000 a game? Yeah, the, something like that. I don't know. To playing Alcorn in front of about 900, I'm guessing. Yeah, the, cold. The, the, the club areas had people in them. There were not a ton of actually early on. It was fine when it was still kind of okay. But as the as it got later in the night, there was some there were some exits going You're on. You're not going to have the same intensity. A uh, young team on the first Wednesday against Alcorn State. I mean, I was talking to uh, I was talking to a parent last night who had no idea where Alcorn State, what state they were located in. Right. You know what I mean? It's right. like, you're t- hey, well, who? Like, what, what, what's, what's up? And then the other one that's out there, and I'm not I'm not making fun. I just I laugh because sample sizes and stuff I'm not ready to give up on ely yet <laughs> it's February the 20th it's gonna be a minute yeah, hang in there a minute <laughs> he he did see a ton of pitches last night i think he struck out or walked on full counts and four of his five at bats last night and his other at bat he got hit uh i watched one of his at bats because it was on at the bar and they had one of the tvs on louisville and one of the TVs on the baseball game. And yeah. I looked over and Ely was up and he struck out on Yeah, he started that he started that in a bat with a three oh count and then struck out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His know. swing reverted last night. I think he was pressing a little bit. I, I did not see the same mechanics from him last night as I had in the at times in the in the offseason. It's um, gonna be an adjustment. Well, and, and some of it, too, is the kid's throwing slower. So he does revert back to that high school stuff because all of a sudden this kid's throwing 78 or yeah. 81, and they're throwing this big roundhouse breaking ball in there at 62. Just like, gee, I mean, because like I, I get it's an oversimplification, guys, but there's some of that that's just – it's going to be different for these kids. They're not they're not used to seeing that. It's going to take a second. Um, everybody goes, hey, they're throwing it slower. Hit it. Well, it, it yeah, but that's you can not hit it. You- but you're going to pop it up, or you? I mean, they hit tons of long fly balls last night that were just caught. I well, mean, it's not even what he sees in practice. Yeah. In practice, he sees hard stuff. Yeah. In inter squads, he sees hard stuff. When yeah. you play Louisville, you see hard stuff. And now all of a sudden, you see the guy that looks like the number two pitcher on your high school team out there. Yeah. And it's cold and it's wet, and you're pressing a little because you fall way behind. And I don't know. Mike's not going to give up on Greer. Obviously, he's going to get more opportunities again. It's February the 20th. Uh, yeah. Fastball was velocity-wise good last night. It was 92-93 for much of these outing, but didn't didn't record an out. 
Um, all five batters reached three hits, two walks. I think it was flat. It got up in the zone and it was flat. And Alcorn State does have a, four or five guys at the top of the order that can hit, and they they hit it. That's what happened. So well, they played very aggressively. Yeah, as they should have. Why not? You got nothing to lose. They had a kid on the team that's five foot four, and he was four for five last night with a with a homer. Good for him. Yeah. Oh, he had a yeah. Yeah. Sure. Heck of a night. Yeah. There at the end of the game, like he was probably scary for Mike when he came up because he kid was hitting everything. I mean, yeah. Just, you know, um, those teams if they have the right approach in a game like that, it's fun. If you get beat, you get beat. You're supposed to get beat. Yeah. Get your chicken sandwich, get back on the bus, and go home. They had to use uh, they had to use Miller, Broadway, and Forsyth last night, but none of the pitch counts got up. It was fine. I probably wanted to get them an inning anyway, just because of the one midweek going into the weekend, but. Yeah, I don't know. Ole Miss, Alcorn, last night, 9-8. I would have wins. said the same thing if they'd lost. Well, you got thing. some resume issues you had do. they lost. That but, was the problem. There would have been a big flashing light. But here's on. what you know. Given Ole Miss's schedule, okay, the way that their SEC schedule shakes the out. RPI is going to be all right. If they get to 17 wins on that schedule, they're hosting. Probably, they, they actually would run some national seed conversation. At if that they point. get to 16 wins in that schedule, they're, they're probably hosting. Yeah. If they get to 15 wins in that schedule, they're in the two. bubble and probably not. And anything less than that, they're in the tournament somewhere, depending on how many wins. My point is, is that their whole deal is going to be so predominantly shaped on 30 games. It just is. Don't lose fewer than nineteen non or don't win fewer than nineteen non conference games, and then yeah, do okay in the league. I mean, you know, you can't have five Alcorn State losses; that'll kill you. But my point is, given the way their resume, the way that their RPI is going to be based on who they play, it's it's all going to be about, um, it's all going to be about what they do in the league. LSU got bit by Nichols last night. Nichols winning four to two. Um. Actually, I wish he went on the road for that one. I'm just seeing right now. That was the only uh, only loss for the league in non-con action that I see. A&M went, went 30 to 2 last night. Um, Florida took 10 innings to beat Jacksonville. and Yeah, whatever. Um, Vanderbilt played two midweek games. And did not give up a run, I don't think, in either one of them. Um, so see Al Leiter's Al kid on Mark Tuesday Leiter. night. Is that his name, Mark? That's Al's brother. Okay. Jack is his Jack name. Jack Leiter, yeah. Yeah. Struck out 12 in five innings. Yeah. Um, Stamped thing. Uh, yeah, they threw some kid last night. They gave up one hit and six or something. That, whatever. Bo um, is trolling me on the, uh, on, the, on the live stream here. Thank you for the contribution. We really appreciate it. We'll, we'll <laughs> see if I've heard about a cheating scandal with the Houston Astros. Okay. That was the proper way to do that. That, that was the proper way to get that done. That is good. That five, that five foot four kid was like leaning over. He was. He he, he looked like that old Tommy photo with the little short major league player that they put in just to walk every time. I mean, he was. He was. There was not much target there, at uh at at one point. But anyway, I don't. I don't know. You got, uh, any, thought, you got any thoughts on the Astros thing? I'm the one that gets killed. Vegas did set the under on eighty three and a half for how many batters would get plunked this season um, for Houston. So one every other game ish. That's going to be just based. I don't on, know how. I don't know what the average is for a team getting plunked in a season. What's the baseline number typically? I don't know. There's a, the amount of anger that is out there at the commissioner right now is really interesting. You think he's going to pull it? Yeah, I do. 
and I'm not disagreeing, but when you pull it now, aren't you just showing that you're weak and doing yes. the pressure? He's I mean, already shown that. Yeah, he's already shown that. That's what it feels like. He's the story's not dying in any way. I know I'm not supposed to talk about it, so I'm trying hard not to, even though it's the biggest story in sports. That and okay, I looked this up. The Astros last season were hit 66 times, so it's saying that increases increases by 18 next season. Significant. It's a lot. Yeah, I, I would I would tend under. I think. I need to know the rest of the story before I make a prediction. There. Um, that the rank out of the 15 AL teams. Um, seven. So halfway, middle, baseline gives you a good indicator there. Today I would go over. Would you really? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much anger. When you look at who the players are that are saying stuff, it's not your typical kind of hotheads. It's, it's, it's pretty normal. Mike Trout doesn't typically say stuff, you know? He's he's usually pretty level headed. Chris Bryant's level headed, very involved in the union. Those kinds of people. Nick Markakis of the Braves, considered one of the nicest yeah. people in all of professional sports. Quite hot. Talks about them deserving a beating. Just look at the verbiage that is used. I think it was John Carlos Stanton yesterday that said if he knew it was coming, he'd hit eighty home runs that season. Well, like Mike Trout said. Yeah. Was, you know. Not trying to, I mean, he's a pretty humble guy, best player in the game, maybe the best player to ever play the game statistically. And he says, think of how much fun I'd have if I knew what was coming. One of the things that got said that I thought was interesting, I think it was John Lester who said it. One of the advantages from a safety standpoint at 60 feet, six inches that you have is the hitter doesn't know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Because it's dangerous for the pitcher if the hitter knows what's coming. Yeah. Basically, hey, why do you think before, you know, in, in BP, when the hitter knows what's coming, we put up an L screen? You can stop me if any of this uh, strikes your fancy, if you have any comments. In basketball last night in the SEC, Georgia 65, Auburn 55 in Athens. The uh, the Tigers really struggling without a Coro right now. Just a different, different deal. Um, well, and some of see. the law of averages – I think coming back we'll to bite you. them a little bit. Yeah, they were down six at the break and then got outscored by four in the second half, losing by ten to uh, a Georgia team that's now three and ten in the SEC. Auburn nine and four in did the not, SEC did not shoot it well. Gives at Kentucky all. a two game lead in the conference now for the overall standings. Yeah, um, Texas A and M goes into Tuscaloosa and wins last night, seventy four sixty eight. The Aggies over the Crimson Tide. I tell you what, Buzz Williams is really really good. That is a killer loss for Alabama. It gives Ole Miss a chance to absolutely take a dagger and stick it square. Yeah, because they're six and heart. seven now in the league. A and M has found a way to seven and six with that group. He's coach of the year. Good grief! He won't win it, but he's coach of the year. And then well, it's him or Frank Martin, which I'm getting getting to in a second. He yeah. loses in Starkville last night, but in a very competitive game, seventy nine seventy six. And they are still eight and five in the SEC. What is state now? Are they eight and five as well? They're eight and five as well. Yeah. It was a big win for them. When they had to have. They had two wins, I guess. They they beat Arkansas and then they, they just late game buzzers. Yeah, getting them both and they've kind of getting some traction on the bubble, if you will. Yeah, it feels like they're they're in okay shape. Um yeah, in the league. Kentucky's eleven and two now. Auburn, LSU nine and four. Florida nine and four. 
State eight and five, Carolina eight and five, Texas A and M seven and six, Tennessee seven and six, Bama six and seven, Missouri five and eight, and then your uh, your Wednesday night teams as of this moment: Arkansas at four and nine, Ole Miss at four and nine, Georgia at three and ten now, and then Vanderbilt at one and twelve. So if the season ended today, and it doesn't, uh, Ole Miss would play Georgia on the first night because Arkansas correct. has the tiebreaker. That is correct. They would play Vanderbilt as of right now. Those teams one game back of Missouri which Ole Miss does get in Oxford later in the season. Yeah. Ole Miss still gets Vanderbilt. Ole Miss can get out of it. They, they've got yeah. to beat Alabama, Vanderbilt, and Missouri. And Missouri. That would give them Frankly, seven that would get wins. Them out. Seven and 11 probably gets them out of the first night. Yeah. Arkansas is going to stay there. I think Georgia's going to stay there. Vanderbilt's definitely there. I think it's Ole Miss, Missouri, and then if it, if it spiraled on them, Bama needs to be careful. I don't know what the remaining schedule is yeah. without looking, but they're just – they're so schizophrenic right now that they can get into a little bit of a deal. Um, I actually want to pull that up. Could be a short stay in Nashville. Bama's fine. They still have, from a schedule standpoint, pretty good shape. They're at Ole Miss, at Mississippi State. Now, you can't – now, you lose all those in a row, and it gets a little funny. Yeah. Actually, I take that back. It's, it's kind of weird. Never mind. Uh, at Ole Miss, at State, South Carolina at home, mm. Vanderbilt at home, at Missouri. They might be in a play-in game on that last night. They could only win one more. Yeah. They'll have a hard time in Starkville. Now, that would get them to seven as well. And then, if, But if Ole Miss beat them, they'd yeah. win that tie break. Correct. Talk about spending time on something that doesn't matter. Hey, Wednesday night tiebreaker. <laughs> who's who's in? Who, who's playing to get to whomever the next day? Wednesday night games where every media member there is going to lose. It's a conference tournaments or and, and and stuff or when you find out who the homers are, because the people that are cheering for their teams at conference tournaments, those people are by God locked in, or Kentucky fans. You got to win the first one to win all of them. <laughs> yeah, you do. You got to win the first one to win all of them. <sighs> NBA takes six days off at their break. Yeah, that was that. bargained really? bargained in. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of Vanderbilt, the little engine that could. Um, it's becoming funny, too, because I'm getting blown up more and more on Twitter by Vanderbilt people talking about there's no help and they're just wonderful at what they do. Uh-huh. Um, well, Corbin did it because he talked to The Athletic and said that the average Vanderbilt baseball player pays $19,000 a year in tuition. But there's a little fuzzy math in that that it, it, it screws up those numbers a little bit. Um, anyway. Why can't he just say, yeah, you know, we benefit Nobody from does stuff. that, though. Everybody in every sport has to go, no, no, no. It's, yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't begrudge him for taking advantage of a system. No. Never. He's not breaking any rules. What I was getting at, Vanderbilt starters this season through five games, when they get their offense figured out, and they will at some point, and it doesn't have to be great, you'll see where they are. Their starters, 0.74 ERA, 24 innings, 11 hits, two earned runs, 34 strikeouts at this point. They're five starters. Yeah, you know, just built it from the ground up. I mean, he did do that. They sucked before him. Yeah, that's actually true. He's created a, quite frankly, a place where Major League Baseball would do well is in Nashville. Oh yeah, Wright State beat Louisville last night too. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Arkansas and State fans both really enjoying that on Twitter last night. I saw um, trying to claim. Louisville was completely overrated, and it was. Oh, Lord help! Yeah, there's there is a 
baseball college baseball Twitter is very high strong for it to be February twentieth right now. I don't really understand what's going on. I don't. I mean, I'm telling you, it is. State and Arkansas are incredibly high strung right now. Why? Now, now state's got a little reason to be. JT Ginn shut down yesterday. Yeah, Um, that's a problem. It was shoulder last year. Some rumors were going around about elbow. Right now, I don't. I'm I'm hoping what I'm hearing is not true, but it sounds very serious. Kid, yeah, of course. Um, Yeah. He'd have been far better off going pro and letting a major league franchise deal with with this. Yeah, he. The Dodgers did not. They They lowball is not necessarily the right word, but they paid him just enough to keep the draft pick the next season. They saw this coming medically. I would assume. Yeah. Um. Well, and I think they knew the whole time. To his credit, they got a little annoyed because he told them, "I will not take that amount of money. Do not draft me." And they did it anyway, and then offered him that much money, and he's going, I, I, I told you. But in their mind, you're either going to take it or we'll just take the pick next year. We don't care what you say. Yeah. Now, that creates a little bit of weird – I mean, it's kind of like the whole years of eligibility thing. It creates a really weird animosity between your prospect and your team off the top. Yeah. But it's business. It is what it is. They don't care. No, no, no. Not, not at all. I did look up Jack Leiter because I was curious. He was the 15th player in the country last year and he came to college. Now, obviously, he's probably finance situation a little different for him. Yeah, I mean, his dad made an absolute ton of money. Was around for a while. He's probably not getting any scholarship stuff. At no, I'm sure he is a walk on. That's yeah. free. and they do get that from time to time. I mean, they get that a pretty good bit because you know, they go into the Northeast so hard that you do run into that more often. Well, they have developed a uh, a reputation as a baseball program because of all of the alumni that they have now in the major leagues, that it's a great place to be year-round. And then, of course, it's a Vanderbilt degree. He is a uh, – looks like he's going to be a draft-eligible sophomore. He and Rocker have a good chance to go 1-2 next year. Really? starters in the same draft. Yeah. Decent chance of that. I was just looking at it. Yeah, he's – at the age of the 19 draft, he was already 19 in one month. Oh. So, yeah, he's definitely a draft-eligible sophomore. After next this, season. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, Arkansas Twitter got annoyed by sharing a SEC co-player of the week thing, of all things. That's what created the the initial problem over the weekend. It's the most underrated, weird rivalry in, in, in college sports. Yeah, I've Ole Miss learned, and Arkansas. I've learned that I'm far more laid back than I ever thought I was. College baseball breeds really strange rivalries. Just people, it's February, man. None of this is going to matter. It's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not belittling it at all. It's just it's early. It's like getting worked up about college basketball the first week of November. It's not going to matter. We'll uh, go into our last segment in a minute. And if anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. programs like that, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, the people that want college baseball, and I'm not, I'm not picking on college baseball here, that want it to become a mainstream sport, right? They want it to become this big deal in – that where the networks show more of it, where it gets more attention, those are markets where you're getting big crowds and people are excited about it. Those people kind of ought to be looking at that going, hey, that's good for our sport. Mm-hmm. Because nationally, it's still a sport that's trying to find a grasp. Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga underwriting and processing. Because in Memphis, are getting local underwriting and understands your market. A leader in condo financing, the float down option, and rates are incredibly good right now. So take advantage of that and talk to Jason, 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. 
Podcast also sponsored by Nest and Wild. Sleep better with a Nest and Wild mattress. Nest and Wild is a Mississippi-based mattress company making a high-quality mattress delivered right to your door. They make buying a new mattress easy. Every Nest and Wild mattress is one foot thick, giving you comfort and support that will last. A lot of online brands sell an 8-inch or a 10-inch mattress, but not Nest and Wild. Everyone from the uh, Twin to the California King is one foot thick. It's also 100% American-made. And also, when you get a Nest and Wild mattress, you're fighting cancer in your sleep. Nest and Wild has partnered with former Major League pitcher Jason Mott and his foundation against cancer. They donate a portion of every mattress sold back to Jason's charity. It's also a no-risk decision. Nest and Wild believes in their product so much, they're offering a 99-night trial on every mattress. So try it out. Sleep on it for 99 nights. And if you don't like it, you can return it. Nestandwild.com. Order your mattress. Use the podcast code REBEL20, that's REBEL20, and get 20% off your purchase. Your mattress will arrive at your door in three to five days. This podcast also brought to you by Pinnacle Trust. Pinnacle Trust based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in three states. They also sponsor the Mind on My Money podcast, which dropped yesterday. We're having uh, embed issues with rivals. I think we're still having them, right? We are. I hope. Well, hopefully not by the time they hear this. I'll check it again, obviously, okay. when we're done with this. Hopefully we'll have that loaded up on the site, but it is on iTunes if you subscribe to Mind on My Money. Uh, that podcast is uh, it's pretty good. It was not really about uh, money yesterday. It's kind of about um, opioid addiction and some stuff like that. I think you'll, uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, Pintrust.com, P-I-N-N-Trust.com. Mentioned you heard about Pinnacle Trust on the podcast. You get 10% off your first year's fee. We're also brought to you by the Weston Jackson, home to Soul Spa, also home to Estelle Wine Bar and Bistro, creative craft cocktails, curated wine list, fantastic hotel there in downtown Jackson. It's a Marriott property, and if you're traveling through Jackson or heading to Jackson for a weekend, we highly recommend the Weston Jackson. Speaking of travel, if you are uh, booking your summer travel plans, it'll be here before you know it, I highly recommend John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Uh, whether it's a golf trip, a trip to the Caribbean, a uh, trip to uh, Europe, whatever the case may be, get in touch with John, give him some parameters, give him a budget, and trust me when I tell you he's going to give you options that you cannot find on your own. And you don't have to live anywhere near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or send him an email at jedwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. I didn't think about this. Carson came home from school yesterday. Mm-hmm. So he had a bad day. at, uh, at Carson very rarely has a bad day. Okay. And he had a bad day at school last Thursday. A little, little stress. Some things just kind of overwhelmed him. He had a rough day. Okay. And so uh, Caroline and I were in the car with him, talking to him on the way up to Fayetteville on Thursday. And so the girls on Friday bought him a happy, they bought him an Arkansas basketball dry fit t-shirt. Okay. okay. Yep. And, uh, cause he likes, Carson loves basketball. God, if Carson could be anything in the world, he would be a basketball player. Unfortunately for Carson, he, he has your genes. He is a product of my DNA and that limits him severely. Okay. So but he was proud of his shirt. He wore his shirt to school and I, I guarantee you, if you were to ask Carson, he would have been like me. I had no idea there was a feud on Twitter until yesterday when someone asked on the mailbag. 
if you would ask Carson what's the deal with the baseball Twitter thing, he'd be like, huh? So he got some people picked on him about his shirt yesterday, and he came home kind of. And it was an Ole Miss Arkansas baseball thing, we think? I think so. Really? Probably so. He was like, I don't The only reason why that, I wonder if it's just more another SEC school thing, is that that would require elementary or junior high kids to under to be on Twitter and see that in that environment, yeah, which I don't so. think that's necessarily maybe so. probably I don't know. a thing. Yeah, maybe or they heard about it at home. Uh, who knows? He certainly didn't know about it. Um, His response is funny. He goes, I'm not going to either school. Uh, let's see. Something. Oh, Greg Robinson. So, as everybody has it been under a rock, has seen. Did Greg Robinson go to Auburn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, number okay. two overall pick by the Rams few years ago. Okay. Dylan was really excited about him when he was drafted. Then he ended up sucking. Um, say allegedly, but it wasn't really allegedly. It was there. Greg Robinson had nearly 157 pounds. Of marijuana. That sounds like, as someone who's never smoked marijuana. Seems like a lot of marijuana. That feels like a lot of feels marijuana. Feels like a lot. Right. Free agent offensive tackle who played for the Browns and blah, 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 were arrested Monday night while traveling from Los Angeles to Louisiana with an unidentified passenger who's an Uber driver who ran errands for Robinson, the United States Attorney's Office for the Western District of Texas said. The uh, DEA arrested Robinson and Bray on federal charges of drug conspiracy and possession of marijuana with the intent to distribute because you'd have a hard time Convincing someone that uh, 157 pounds was for personal use. I don't think that's overly likely. They showed that they were held without bond. Um, TMZ first reported this. An immigration checkpoint is what uh, what got them as the 2020 Chevrolet Tahoe, driven by the other guy in the car, arrived at the checkpoint. A drug-sniffing dog alerted agents that uh, there might be uh, something up. There were lots of vacuum-sealed bags of marijuana, including uh, inside several duffel bags in the cargo area. They also found 23 mason jars in one bag, an electric can sealer machine weighing about 90 pounds, an electronic scale, and about $3,100 in cash and hmm. jeans belonging to the uh, the other guy. Kind of feels like that was for more than recreational use. That's what I'm saying. You're going to have a hard time saying, nah, just personal. Just, uh, you know, just loading up for myself. Because that'd be enough for the rest of your life, I would assume. I don't know exactly how quickly you would burn through that, but... Feels like it would take a while to smoke that much marijuana. <laughs> I mean, seriously. One of the top ten dumbest athlete things ever, right? Yeah, he's going to go to prison for up to 20 years. He threw away his NFL career over some dope. To I guess he wanted to, just, he wanted to get into the dope selling business. His career earnings... <laughs> Hold on. His career earnings are $29 million. And now he's possibly going to jail for decades. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. There's an intelligence standard here that is nowhere near being met. Well, I mean, I, we cover college football. I know. $29,110,251 per sporttrack.com. But he wants to be a thug. Good grief. He wants to be a thug and come at me with the, the, oh, that's not fair, Neil. You can't explain it in any other way. Why would Greg Robinson need to be a drug dealer, Chase? Played 15 games for the Browns last year. 
He was gonna get he was gonna continue to get paid. There was no reason, no reason for him to be a drug dealer. 2019, he made $6.4 million. So what incentive is it? Play along here. Give me some answers. Don't just hang me out to dry. No, I, 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 there is nothing. What incentive is there for him to be a drug dealer? Maybe he was just helping out his buddy. He's a good friend. You're driving from L.A. to Louisiana? I'll accompany you. I'll buy the Twizzlers. Stop. I'll buy the Twizzlers. There's only one. There's only one reason that he did that. The pressure in his circle to be a thug. Now, fourteen million of that twenty-nine was all in one signing bonus back in two thousand fourteen. But still, give me fourteen million dollars. Put it in my bank account. I promise you, I'm not dealing drugs. No, you can make it work. Feel good about that. Oh, I mean, I'm 100% positive I would not go into the drug dealing business with $14 million in the bank and more to come because he, he was going to continue to play in the NFL, right? What's the street value of 157 pounds of marijuana? I mean, I, I, I don't I don't even know what one ounce of marijuana is worth on the street. I have Can no somebody idea. help in the live stream? What, what would a pound of marijuana be worth? I mean, we're not going to turn you in. Just take, give me a shot here. I have no idea, so give me. What does it cost to buy an ounce of marijuana on the street? Yeah. I have no idea. No one can help us. Well, I no one know. wants to admit that. <laughs> no one wants to play that game. <laughs> yeah, I'll Google it. I'll see. I'll, I'll see. What, what is an ounce? Someone's watching. They'll come. They can come bust me. I've never done it. They can search you and see what happens. Yeah. An ounce of marijuana cost. Uh, the average cost of marijuana by state is what I'm pulling up here. Let's oh. see. Um, where are they, in Texas? Well, the price they got the, caught in Texas. It was going from L.A. to Louisiana. The average cost in America is $326 for an ounce. In Texas, it's $325. North Dakota, it's $383. D.C., an ounce of marijuana is about $600. In Oregon, it's 210 The national average for an ounce of marijuana, $326.06. 326 Yeah. The ounce of medium quality marijuana is two sixty six fifty eight. All right, so three twenty six times sixteen to get into pounds times one fifty seven. He had eight hundred eighteen thousand dollars worth of marijuana. No, you didn't do the math right there. Didn't. No, maybe you did. Yeah, three twenty six okay. times sixteen to get to a pound times one fifty seven. Okay. Right. I mean, I'm not a math guy, so tell me if I'm How wrong. many pounds of, ma- of marijuana did he have? 157. 326 times 16. Yeah. Oh, $5,000 yeah. a pound. Got you. Times 157. There you go. So that's right, right? Yes, you're right. 15, 16. Times so he's going to go to prison over a little less than a million dollars worth of marijuana. Yeah, 818,912. What a dumbass. Well, what an idiot. 
That's a good point. Vacuum sealed. I mean, that is a ton of weed. Yeah, I mean, like I said. I know, I'm just saying. I mean, it is a ton of weed. So it says it takes a lot to make an ounce. Back, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, the amount of product required to then make 157 pounds of, and I'm assuming of ready they, to go weed. And I'm assuming they had it vacuum sealed and packed up. And that's what, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it said. Oh, yeah. I didn't read all of it. Yeah. It's insane. When I first heard Greg Robinson, I thought they met the former coach. Yeah, runs around, runs around 300 here locally. Is, is that right? Yeah, just ask somebody who I knew and know. So, yeah. Anyway. Okay. I don't, this is not I, my thing. I don't have any problem with it, whatever. <laughs> I just not my thing. How dumb, though, do you have to be? Well, yeah, it's the it's stupidity. I'm not actually worried about the, the marijuana situation at the moment. They got just, caught in El Paso? Uh, somewhere around there, yeah. The El Paso Times is where I was reading the story. That was the, the link I had. I kind of wonder what that's like in those moments when you get pulled over right there. When you know. It's over. Yeah. My career's over. My money's gone. Everything's my done life's right over. Now. He's what, 25 years old? Uh, Probably a little older than that, but 27, something like that. Yeah. Going to be in federal prison till you're almost 50? He's 27 years old. Going to be in federal prison till he's 47 years old? What that must feel like? I mean, holy hell! What does that must? What can that? What? What must that feel like? Yeah. Crazy. All right. On that uh, glorious high note, we'll close there. Uh, uh, high note. Ah, look, it's good. I was, I was really proud back in the day when I ran that headline and said Reb's depth goes up in smoke when half the linebacker crew all got busted with weed that night at the apartment <laughs> complex. <laughs> Things you do with the student paper that you don't necessarily do in other places. That's, um, that would be a funny. You can have a lot of fun with this, except for the fact that at the end of the day, it's so. The, the other thing that, that you start thinking about, and I'm gonna get killed here. Someone like him is part of his legal defense going to be that he's suffering from the beginning of CTE, that he can't think clearly, he can't judge clearly. He does open up lots of jokes. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm proud of you guys in the live stream right now. I'll be honest. Matt Browning's is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to make the joke that I really want to make. You got one? I mean, this, for the Auburn family, is time for a moment of prayer. Need a circle. <laughs> it really should circle up. Yeah, circle up. Yeah. yeah. Just make sure the media is there to tweet that out for yeah. the recruits. Oh, gosh. All right. Love all of you. Uh, ContentRebelGrove.com. Again, back tomorrow with a, uh, another podcast. And we will talk to you then. <laughs>